We're continuing this morning with the Jesus' last I am statement. He says, I am the true vine. Well, it starts off, I'm the vine, my father's a vine dresser. But then a couple of verses later, he said, I am the true vine and what? And you are the branches. In that statement, I believe, he is communicating the most significant revelation that God is desiring to reveal, to manifest in us as it was manifested in Jesus. And that is this. And we've used this Greek word to describe it. The perichoresis. The inner life of God. The inner life of God. There's nothing more important for us to know, understand, experience, and express. This is what the incarnation was all about. You remember what the inner life of God, this perichoresis, it is a term which describes the mutual indwelling of each person of the Trinity, where each person indwells the other without losing his identity. That each person is in the other person. Yet at the same time, his identity is retained. And you think, well, how can that be? Well, it can't be, you see. This is not possible in the natural. But there are some intimations or some hints in the natural that we see. And how do we know something of the mutual indwelling of the three persons of the Trinity? Where do we see this manifested for us? We see it in the incarnation. In the incarnation of the Son of God. You remember what happens. God the Father has created us for what purpose? That we should be his image bearers. Remember in Genesis one twenty six, let us, who? The Trinity, the three persons of God, let us make man in our image and likeness. And then in verse 28 of Genesis 1, what does he tell Adam and Eve? You're blessed. And I want you to be what? Fruitful and multiply. For what purpose? And fill the earth. 
But with what image? With what revelation? So that this in this natural creation before the fall, so that in this natural creation, the most breathtaking revelation, the most awesome reality about God may be visibly manifested in his people so that when we look at God's people, we are to be seeing the visible reality, functioning reality of the three persons of the Trinity, functioning as one. And after the fall, you know that can't be possible. And so God will have his way. So he sends a man. I'm sorry, he sends his son to take to himself our humanity, a body and a soul, so that in this man, Jesus, is manifested perfectly the three persons of the Trinity simultaneously. Did you hear just what I said? So that in this man, this man is manifested perfectly the three persons of the Trinity simultaneously. What does that mean, Anthony? That when you see this man, Jesus, you are seeing the Father. When you see this man, Jesus, you are seeing the Son. When you see this man, Jesus, you are seeing the Spirit. You're seeing each person of the Trinity, each person distinctly, simultaneously, as one. And therein, therein is manifested the glory of God. See, one of the difficulties I know that we have as believers, we use these words that are communicated to us from the word of God. The glory of God. We grow together for the glory of God. Yes, yes, yes. But what is the glory of God? Where is the glory of God? How do we know? How do we, what do we, what? there it is. The glory of God is the glory of his triune identity of three distinct equal divine persons dwelling in such unity and communion that each person is fully God in himself, but yet not by himself. That when you see one person 
or you experience one person, or you see the acts of one person, you are simultaneously witnessing the visible acts and revelation of the other two. That's what God is demonstrating for that purpose of revelation. God has created all things and has made his people who are in Christ the epicenter, the only location where his glory his mutual, this mutual indwelling of these three divine, distinct, equal persons can be seen. Amen? This is the glory of God. So when we look at this man, Jesus, we are seeing visibly the three persons of the Trinity simultaneously. So you remember what Jesus told Mary at the funeral of Lazarus, the four days later that he's been in the, inside the cave, Darren, for what? Four days. He stinks. His body is beginning to decay in the natural. It's too late. You got here too late. And what did Jesus say? Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see what you're not, you're not going to, you are, you're not going to see a man raise someone from the dead. That's not what principally you're seeing. You're seeing that. But in this man who will raise this dead man from the dead, you are going to see the reality of the glory of God right before you. So when Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, what are we seeing? What are we experiencing? We are seeing the power and the presence and the activity of God the Father. We're seeing the power, the presence, and the activity of God the Son. We're seeing the power, the presence, and the activity of God the Spirit as the triune majesty of God simultaneously raises a man from the dead. There's the glory of God. They were witnessing. I don't mean to infer that we're not intelligent people, but it's so significant. We are witnessing. The revelation of the mutual indwelling of the three persons of the Trinity in a man. In a man. And now that we are in him, God is now demonstrating, manifesting, Imaging in us the same glory 
that we were seeing in the Lord Jesus. Do we see that? Do we understand that? For that purpose, we were saved. This is what the Father, uh, what Jesus came to make known. This is the purpose of the incarnation. <clears throat> For this purpose, we were saved. You want to know why God loved you? Because God is love. Remember that? Remember in Deuteronomy 7, he tells Israel, hey, I didn't choose you because you're the biggest and baddest and what meanest. What I chose you because I love you. Well, why does he love us, Shane? Because he's love. Well, but Jody, why did he love you and me? Because he's love. That's all you can say. You can't go any further. The answer is in and about and for God himself. Amen? So we can't go any further than that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't allow us to go any further than that. So once again, the word perichoresis means that the three persons of the Trinity fully and simultaneously indwell one another while each retains his unique identity as God. So this means that the Father retains his own unique divine identity while fully indwelling the Son and the Spirit. And then the Son retains his own unique divine identity while indwelling the Father and the Spirit. And then the Spirit retains his own unique divine identity while what? Indwelling who's left? The Father and the Son. That's the essence of what it means to be in Christ, to be a believer. And it is the revelation of the three persons of the Trinity in each one of us that God is after in every single command that he gives to us, in every single action that we take, in every single thought, word, and deed in us is to be clearly, consistently, and compellingly revelatory of this Trinitarian perichoresis. That's where God's glory is being manifested. That's the purpose of God. So let me just mention, we've done this before, a couple of scriptures where this perichoresis is identified. And I know that often we don't look at these two particular scriptures this way, but that's okay. You remember in Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 3, what does Paul say? He, 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 he quotes this great manifesto, this great, what, praiseology. And he begins this way, blessed be 
the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenlies, or it may say in the heavenlies and in Christ or the heavenly places, correct? Then the apostle, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, is going to break this down and explain to us the manifestation of this blessing So in verses, I've already said verse 3. So in verses, the rest of verse, that's that, verses 4 to 6, we receive or we read what? The Father's participation or role in our salvation, correct? And how does verse 6 end? What does it say what? To the what? What? I'm sorry, I can't. I, I, I don't know what it says. Tell me. Somebody tell me what it says. To the what? <clears throat> to the praise of his glorious grace or the glory of his grace. So the glory of our salvation is that God the Father has saved us as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Remember that we should be holy and blameless before him. But that's not all of it. You see, not only has God the Father involved in our salvation, but then what's the next group of verses? Verses 7 to, to 12. It may be in your notes. You get the revelation of in Christ, redemption in his blood. You begin to get an explanation of what the Son of God has done in the humanity of Jesus. And so the Son of God, the, the sacrifice of the Son of God saves us. Who saved you? Jesus saved me. Yes. But not alone. You see, it's impossible for Jesus to save me on his own. Why? Because the Godhead is three indivisible persons, each fully dwelling, indwelling the other. And it's impossible for any one of those persons to do anything apart from the other two. Now, that doesn't mean that one doesn't take the lead. But in that lead, the other two are involved. And what's the end? What does verse 7 say? How does it end? I'm, I'm sorry. What is, I can't hear you. Read it. Is it in your notes? Just read it to me. To the what? Praise of his glory. You see, that's the same thing, essentially, that it says in verse Six. And then you go to verses 13 and 14. And we talk about the Holy Spirit sealing us. Remember, he's the Arabon, the down payment of our redemption. So you say, well, we're saved by the Holy Spirit. 
Yes. But not alone. So each one of us who are saved are walking revelations of the Father's work, the Son's work, and the Holy Spirit's work simultaneously. So how does verse 14 end then? Somebody tell me what it says. To the praise of his glory. What is this revelation about? It is to the praise of the glory of our triune God. And so we see in our salvation, each person of the Trinity is mutually indwelling the other persons equally and simultaneously, each retaining his distinctive identity through his distinctive role. The Father doesn't die on the cross. The Son doesn't come to us and fill us. The Father sends the Son who purchases our salvation at the cross, and then the Son and the Father send the Spirit who bring that salvation to reality by indwelling us, correct? So we have Heavenly Father dwelling in us by the Spirit. We have the Son of God dwelling in us by the Spirit, and we have the Spirit dwelling in us. Why? Because we are the image bearers of our triune God. Amen? This is the glory of God. This is what God has intended. Turn to, or maybe in your notes, the last verse in chapter 13 of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Again, another statement of this perichoresis, although I suppose most wouldn't say it that way, but it is. Paul is winding down, sorry, he is concluding his letter to the Corinthians, number two letter. And so how does he conclude it? He says what? What does he start with? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he doesn't stop there. The love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So you see, in that verse is again a statement of what the glory of God is all about. The Father's will to be glorified in the Son, to be manifested by the Spirit. This is the essence of this word perichoresis. Now, I've taken a little time to talk about this, and I've gone slowly, I know that. And for this purpose. It is so utterly foundational and critically central to everything about the Christian life. Do we see this better today? Next week, we'll go back to the, the passage, 15, John 15, 1 through 8, and start talking about 
how is this mutual indwelling? How is God's inner life? How is this Trinitarian perichoresis manifested in us? I think we need to know something about the practicality of us as believers. Amen. So I'm going to end this part of the class and ask Todd to come on up, and he is going to lead us in prayer for Anton and Ann and for Basile. So why don't you two go over to the table where Basile is and, and squeeze in over there in those empty chairs, and Todd is going to lead us in prayer. I'm going to give you the microphone. And if you want to come over and lay hands on these believers, feel free to do so as Todd leads us in prayer. And I would encourage you, just as an example of the Holy Spirit, that we would all come and gather around them in sending them off. Father, thank you so much, God, that you are the great author of our stories. God, thank you so much for the chapters that we have gotten to experience most recently with our brothers and our sister. God, thank you for the memories that we have with them. Thank you for the time that we got to spend with them. Thank you for their giftings that they have lavished upon us, their care, God, their intentionality, God, the way that they have spent their lives for our lives. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the grace that you have given us in them. And God, the, the fellowship that we have had with them. God, we pray now that uh, the new chapter you're writing for each one of them, God, would be filled with more grace. God, there would be grace upon grace. God, we pray for grace for finding churches. God, grace for um, having new friends and building new relationships. Grace for caring for others and being cared for. God, we pray for grace to protect their faith. God, that they would see you more clearly um, in the, the paths that you've chosen for them. God, we pray for wisdom. God, we pray that you give them understanding and that they would grow uh, more in love with you. God, thank you for their examples. Thank you for the time we've got to spend with them. We love them. God, it is heartbreaking to see them go, but we know. God, that you are writing their story, and we trust that, and we know that uh, you are good in all things. So we pray that you will bless them and keep them, God, that you would make your face shine upon them, God, that you would be gracious to them and give them peace as they go. In Christ's name we pray.